Welcome to Custom D Startup Stories. We're developers of web and mobile apps. And in this podcast series, we interview our startup founder clients. We get down and dirty and hear their unique stories, how they got started and what skills they think are needed to succeed. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share. Welcome to the people that are joining either by watching the video or the webinar now or via the podcast that will be released a little later. Um, my name is Julie Ryan and I am the Managing Director at CustomD and CustomD uh, we create custom web and mobile applications. Uh, joining me today um, I have Sam Johnson of the Student Volunteer Army. This is our uh, fifth CustomD startup in the startup series. Um, I'm also joined today by Craig Saunders. We were supposed to have Matthew, but he's a little out of action. So Craig is the director of Custom D and is helpfully standing in in his place. Um, so for if you haven't listened or watched our um, startup series before, um, it, it is really looking at startups and, and going into the, the ups and downs of starting a new venture. Um, but through the course of these, I've also come to understand that um, it's almost as much a delve, an opportunity to delve into the to the minds of these free thinking entrepreneurs. Um, so, if you're from New Zealand, uh, then uh, Sam won't actually require much introduction. Um, Sam and his volunteer army were the face of hope for many of us in the wake of the Christchurch earthquakes. They showed us how to support and help those in the community around us. For someone so young, and you are so youthful, um, already, Sam, you've been the recipient of a stack of accolades, which include the Sir Peter Blake Special Leadership Award, uh, Young New Zealander of the Year, and Communicator of the Year, to name a few. I'm sure there are many more. Um, over the past few months, has been an absolute thrill to get to know you. Um, Cindy, our office manager, also gets a little sort of she gets a little blushy when you come in. It's a, a little start, little starstruck. <laughs> um, but you just have this amazing um, warmth and positive energy that's just just so compelling. Um, and I, I mean, I guess that's how you managed to, to lead half of the University of of, Camp, uh, of Canterbury off to do such great things in the after the earthquakes. Um, you know, a little like the Pied Piper, although, you know, the students aren't really rats and you didn't see them. <laughs> well, I know. tried not to drown them. <laughs> that aside. <laughs> so somebody just caught Julie, I don't interrupt your lovely introduction, but somebody just called me the Pied Piper the other day and I had to look up the story and Pied Piper drowned the rat, drowned the rats, and then they drowned yeah. the children. So, no, I didn't. Hopefully, well, that's there, what we're not to do. There's different variations on that story. Now, nowadays, the story is more like the rats got taken off into a magical land in a mountain somewhere. Oh, okay. Right, right. right okay. <laughs> that's right. That's what we did. We did magical <laughs> mountains of silt. Um, so, anyway, so thank you so much for choosing Custom D as your development partner. You know, we're, we're really privileged to have you and the Student Volunteer Army on board. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came to be the person that you are? Where's your life been so far? <laughs> Um, big, big question about Kia ora kato katoa. Uh, a real privilege to, uh, well, Craig and Julie to work with you and to work on this cool project together. And uh, I don't think you probably knew quite what you were getting into getting uh, me and my rabble as a, as a client. 
but we have a lot of fun. And uh, 10 years on from starting a Facebook page after the Christchurch earthquakes, uh, where when I was a university student, uh, the charity Student Volunteer Army is still going. Uh, and so, you know, to your question, um, how did it start? It was as, as simple as wanting to help and kind of no, being... No, how about you? Like, tell oh. us about your background. Like, where, where did oh. you come from? Like... Okay. Uh, so, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm from a farm in mid-Canterbury and uh, grew, up, grew up there, went to school in Christchurch, did a year, uh, for, lucky living in Wales after I left school and basically was a teacher for a year because the, I arrived in Wales and the... Uh, I, was, um, I, I can't I can't do sport. I'm not very good at sport. So I couldn't go to any of the gap years where you had to teach rugby or cricket because I literally didn't know how. Uh, so I had to find one that taught um, that I could do uh, drama, music and English. And so I went to the school and looked after these little kids. And then when I arrived, the, uh, the drama teacher had just had a hip operation and um, they saw I could, could basically teach the class. So I basically taught the class uh, as a 17 year old. Um, and had and, and that kind of changed my life quite substantially because suddenly I went from being a, a student to being in charge of four different classes, some of which the students were older than me. Um, and I very nearly stayed in Wales and didn't come back actually. Yeah. It was such a great time, and that was kind of a formative experience that, yeah. that led on to university. And yeah, well, suddenly you've gone from having no responsibility to having all of the responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting responsibility except when it comes and goes in your life. And, mm with it so after wales because you've done a really interesting um internship in in new york didn't you i did uh, yeah i did this internship uh with this company called veracity worldwide which was a corporate intelligence agency uh and then that was from uh, this was after the earthquakes but i i met this guy at the world economic forum and he was this guy kind of standing at the back in the back corner of the room uh and i kind of was like oh well i always like when you enter a room to go and talk to the person who's standing by themselves or standing back because you a you can see everyone in the room and chances are they'll, they'll know something about what's going on. And it turns out he was an ex-diplomat and runs this, uh, mm. this intelligence agency. And um, I befriended him and, and, uh, and then hit him up for an internship a couple of years later um, in a consultancy project and went and lived in New York uh, and worked with him and just had to expose myself to a whole lot of different different things. Um, yeah. But uh, it's always a, it's always been a good lesson in life, actually, on and in, in, in networking around the people in the corner of the room, uh, <laughs> talking to them oh, about what they know. And that's the first tip for the day, then. <laughs> well, it has to be about tips. So I'm a, I'm a bit nervous because it's uh, it's a startup series, so I've got to make sure I come up with something useful for these. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's gold right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people in the corner of the room. It's, it's very, um, I remember going, I've been to a couple of talks and, and uh, women and, and men alike both say, you know, you don't know if you don't ask, you know, if you don't go and talk to people, if you don't make that effort. And, and it is very difficult for a lot of people to put themselves out there. You know, it's, um, you know, it is a real skill and probably something that comes with practice as well. Yeah, it comes with practice, but I, I was thinking this morning, I was having a funding meeting this morning for SVA, and we, we still have to ask for money all the time, and, and in terms of startups. Uh, it, I don't think it ever gets easier, but you do get better at it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was on that panel with that on the New Zealand High Tech, you know, when we were having our grilling, and, you know, I would have I, I would have given that, that award to you right then and there. <laughs> uh, well, the, Good stuff. the power of the cell. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, I, th I think that's the thing. That, so student volunteer army has been a passion for a really long time of mine. Yeah. And partly pe people volunteer for two different reasons. One, because they're altruistic and want to give back. And one, uh, because there's a, their self-interest in it. And I think my continued engagement is because of a mix of both. Like I have a self-interest. It's been a really interesting career for me. Uh, and I get to give back in a, in a sense and create things that other people can benefit from, which I personally value and like doing. Um, but I think that, that what the big driver at the moment is, 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 a, is a, yeah, and using those two things together and probably a little bit of guilt too. Like I got super famous out of the um, earthquakes for a start for being the poster kid who just started the thing, but it was a radical collaboration. There were 70 of us who led student volunteer army after the February earthquake, particularly with 11,000 volunteers. And it, 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 you know, it was probably more Pied Piper than, than, uh, than, uh, than, than I was in charge. Um, no one really was in charge. I sort of gave the, the, the permission. And that's what Student Volunteer Army is. It's giving permission for people to do what they, what they actually feel is the right thing to do. Right. And, and weirdly, in today's, in our country, in today's society, a lot of people don't have a sense of agency or permission. They're not uh, sure if they're allowed to help someone else. And that's what yeah. we want. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, a mix of reasons. Um, I, I think it's um, we've gone more corporatized, more centralized rather than localized in terms of our structures of communities. Uh, you know, look at, I think Plunkett's a great example of this. Plunkett used to be, it was started by mums, it was run in communities. And, and now over the years, it's become corporatized as it had to, to survive. But yeah. the, 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 the counterfactual of that and the, the, sort of the other side of it is well what what's the what does the volunteer do now for such a good organization yeah um, and you know the quick history of volunteering is um after the second world war uh, um lions and jc's and rotary probus all those things largely came out of chicago um and they were the second wave after uh, churches and then moved around the world and that's how they spread and that's particularly formed our service culture in new zealand yeah. As we know, a lot of those groups are aging, and so what we're trying to do is bring in uh, a younger, a younger model, and and operate the model quite differently. Um, yeah, well, a lot of those um, more traditional volunteering organisations, the the attrition is is horrendously large, isn't it? Yeah, it is, I and mean, I don't want to give them a bad rap either, because I mean they do such mm. a good job. Um, yeah, but it is it is hard. Volunteer motivation is hard, and we can't. The student volunteer army couldn't do half the things that Red Cross or the Sallies or things people do. Simply, be, our volunteers aren't interested in that work necessarily either. Um, so, so we have to really focus on people's motivation and and what are they motivated to do something about, and how can we motivate them to care? Give them a cause. Give them a cause. Yeah, give them a give them something to care about. Um, well, they actually people do care, but it just don't sort of have the outlet sometimes. So we're trying to make that it easier to volunteer, which is a key purpose of student volunteer army right back to the earthquakes actually it was all about making it easy to pick up a shovel go and shovel someone's silt for the day yeah. meet someone else uh get home safely and and uh you know hopefully come back the next day hmm. so so just just let's go let's wind back a little bit and talk about like how did it start like what where, where did the idea come from to, to start student volunteer army uh, i got invited to four earthquake after parties uh, on Facebook, and I thought, well, this is the one time uh, that we shouldn't be having earthquake after parties as students, and that, and we should uh, probably be useful. And 
for those of you who were around Christchurch at the time, um, I mean, students had a really bad reputation. Um, there, there was, I always remember the rubbish bins on the road between uh, uh, the university and the bush bar. Um, and rubbish bin collection day was on, was on Thursday morning and pub night was on Wednesday night. Um, and then what happened every Wednesday night was some clever sod pushed over all the rubbish bins. So actually how Student Volunteer Army happened was I was so pissed off about that. A few of us were actually. And because the answer to that is to move the rubbish collection day, right? That is the thing you can move. You can't move student drinking day. (laughs) Why can't you move student drinking day? (laughs) No, that was just, we were just like, no, students drink on a Wednesday. That's when they're going. And it it has changed now. They don't do that as much. But it was the case when I was in first and second year. Um, So we ended up engaging with the council a little bit. And I ended up running for community board for the Christchurch City Council um, uh, as a result of that. Um, We're still around the start of the earthquake time. And that was what I was actually trying to achieve. Um, I was... I was the treasurer of a of a of the musical theatre society at uni. Um, we wanted that to be the biggest club on campus. Uh, right. you know, we were dreaming, and and thankfully, student volunteer army actually is now the biggest club, um, and it overtook NSOC and uh, UConn. Uh, so yeah, I'm, yeah, it's kind of that's how it actually began, and it was just a Facebook group that went a yep. bit crazy. I didn't come up with the name myself. I called it the UC Student Base for Earthquake Cleanup. Um, which I thought was not, a great name. Not quite as catchy. No, no, like awful, awful. But that's, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's why you have a good team because everyone came about and, and helped. Uh, I, I think it was either Colin McNabb or Jade Rutherford who came up with the name. Um, and uh, that's, we had that already to start a volunteering club by the time the uh, second earthquake came along and then it, bang, it happened. Yeah. We just posted the group everywhere and it went from having three... 3,000 people to 30,000. Wow. What did you think when that happened? Like when, when it exploded like that? Like what, what, what were, you, were you just like, you know, jumping around? No, like it was a bit of a chaotic time. We've, we've just done a big research report on it and it had a couple of researchers who got a Marsden Fellowship looking at the, how it all worked. And it was all pretty organic and it wasn't anything rocket science really. Uh, I'm from a the farming community. You just, someone brings the lunch, somebody brings the, this part of it, somebody organizes the transport uh, yeah, right. and help them out where they can. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And that's what we try to keep Student Volunteer Army to be. It's about doing simple things together. Yes. Um, let's not overcook the goose. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay, so, so we, we know how it started, what problem you're solving. You know, it's obvious what the problem was. Um, yeah, Craig, you got questions well okay so you know i'm following the story it's good <laughs> uh how how are you funded nowadays so, i mean obviously people were working for free then but i guess it take, takes some money to run the show now uh, well, well uh volunteers still work for free that's the purpose of volunteering yeah um, <laughs> uh but we are you know we are in we're an organization now um we we uh we have five employed staff um and and companies <laughs> custom d being one who help us uh, and our, our teacher engagement partner um and so we've grown it to a, to a charity focused on volunteering um uh, we are funded through a hero partnership model so different uh hero partners uh sponsorship sponsor sponsor us city care group being one new world being one 
um, and uh, some others from this call. Uh, um, can see a couple of friends who've who've joined who uh, who might 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 want to help their, get their companies involved. Uh, Jono and James, particularly. Anyone else? Welcome. You know, we basically accept donations. Um, right. And like every charity in New Zealand, you have to. Um, uh, we we write we write grants, and we get grants, and we say what we're going to do what we say we're going to do yeah right kind right. of the future of it in terms of commercialization is very much around the app and university market um, so if you look at uh, universities polytechs and english language schools in new zealand and if you then look at the same in australia that basically students are the same everywhere um, they're at a stage in life where they're trying to gain skills and experience and volunteering is a clear way to do that. So we're looking to commercialize the app to sell it to, um, to, to universities, polytechs and English language. You've got is this, is this, Sorry, you go, well, Is this model um, unique? Are there others in these other countries doing similar? I think the, 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 it is the easiest comparison to do a, like a, it's a, it's a, it's a young person's, youngish person's rotary with a centralized technology system now. I think that's kind of how it works. Um, and our focus in terms of the outcome it produces is about students gaining experience using volunteering as a tool. So it's a pathway to employment-based program. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that do that in a lot of different ways. This is just one model of doing that. Hmm. I get the sense the commitment from students is more fluid than you know joining Rotary or, or something that yeah, like we, we have to market it to students all the time. So every project that comes up has to be marketed. It's got to be interesting. Um, I really want to do, and that no one's um, in the team is quite excited as I am about it, but I want to do SVA dating soon, like bespoke dating events. Um, and, 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 you know, it's a tree planting event, but only for people uh, who, who are single or only, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think we've got, to, we've got to keep doing interesting things that attract people to try volunteering because I'm most interested in those who would never volunteer and how do we get them to have a good experience once and they'll probably carry on doing it for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, if you, you, you know, you have to evolve your thinking all the time, don't you? Um, you know, as each generation comes through, like the what, what is attractive to one won't be attractive to the next or the previous. Yeah, and I think it's, it's been funny this year and last year with that particularly, I mean, particularly now post-COVID and having our secondary school program in 230 schools around the country. Uh, a lot of the students at year nine who are signing up were, were three or four when the earthquakes happened. Mm. So that, there's no recollection, there's no memory of what happened after Christchurch earthquakes. So we're very much a, you know, another, another charity who, and we don't have the profile that it perhaps used to have, even though the scale and the sophistication is much, is much greater. So all those things are quite interesting. And, and you're right, Julie, um, we have, you have to keep uh, reinventing. We have to keep uh, coming up with new project ideas. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to do a playground project at the moment with local councils um, because we've got the tools and tech now. Like, so, and, and we, we found out a lot of pro, uh, playgrounds go to landfill when they're replaced. So well, let's take them and rebuild them somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. So we're starting to look at new things and new types of projects. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean the the um the the applying for grants and constantly sort of being on the um, on the edge of things, keeping that keeping your financial resources in in play, <laughs> like that must be a bit wearing. Like you know, do you, do you sometimes feel like 
<sighs> another ground type location. Um, it, it, uh, you keep I, yourself motivated by, you know, the greater good, the greater purpose. Um, I have to motivate myself like all of us do, you know, good exercise, eat well, don't drink too much, you know, all these things just to just to get through the days. Um, and I, I don't think there's any magic bullet for it. I mean, it is hard. We are selling stuff. Most of our products are free. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish 10 years ago we'd come up with a better commercial model around what we're doing. I wish we'd got better advice on that. And we're starting to get some good advice now we're working with clever people like yourselves who are helping us kind of mature as an organization and my chairman he says to me at the moment yeah it's great sam what you've done what the team's done in the last 10 years but we now need to go from good to great so that's the kind of trajectory we're on we're trying to build a much more solid foundation um, so that it's not so uh, stressful having to rely on the grants yeah, um, yeah. and things because you, you never know um, but it is a significant portion of the population who work for nonprofits and do rely on grants. And we are lucky we, we're a, we do have a significant brand and people do like um, support working with us. Uh, but it is tiring. It is, it's definitely. And, and getting no's is, is, you know, we, it is a pain and we do get them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, when, you, when you feel like you're doing so much good, you know, that must be really frustrating for other people not to recognize that. Yeah, I, I mean, the nonprofit world is moving to be much more, um, and philanthropy, much more evidence-based, much more data-driven. So something we're going to be doing uh, this year is, is, is comparing our database of volunteers uh, to the national, uh, the IDI, the Integrated Data Framework from Government, uh, hopefully comparing um, the two groups of students. And that's where we're really wanting to demonstrate much more clearly that if you volunteer, you you are you do actually have a higher sense of uh, confidence, self-esteem. You 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 uh, young people are less likely to involve engage in risk-taking activities, etc. So there's a lot of research overseas around that, and we're just trying to bring it here. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of that will help actually build our business case to be funded um, more sustainably and and, and to grow. So. What what about outcomes in terms of the services you deliver? Is that evidence-based or tracked as well? Yeah, yeah, we, do. we actually we just got a grant yesterday uh, for, uh, um, for doing some, this, this piece of work on the, on, the, on the impact that we're having. And I guess it's been pretty ad hoc at, for a start. Um, and now we're just trying to- uh, um, Qualify it. Qualify it and in, increase the sophistication of it, I guess. And that's- Yeah, you know, that's a big it's gotta help funding too, if you can say, you know, we're achieving this value. Yeah, that's of, right. Of, of good. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you um, manage the expectations of all these different stakeholders? You've got, you know, the students, the, the people that you're helping, and obviously your, your team of staff there and a, a board and the, the funders. <laughs> oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in uh, really clear, really simple strategy, execute to that. Mm -hmm. And control the thinking, uh, including controlling your own thinking on, on completely random things. Uh, <laughs> my, my team, uh, Penny, my uh, operations manager, she's pretty good at saying to me, yeah, that's really nice, Sam, but we are, we, we are not doing that now. Uh, oh, uh, brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hugely creative person and I would go out and sell, I'm really good at, I can, I'll go out and sell something that, you know, we I have no idea if we can make or build or do. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, that, that's how we got into this uh, our program at the moment. We actually said, this theoretically should work, so let's go and do it, and then let's build a really basic version of it, which is what we did, uh, and that worked. And then that's how we've ended up working with Custom D, because we validated something for two years using a, a SaaS product from um, uh, the States as our whole sort of database backend. And now we've gone, okay, that was good for a start, and now we're looking at making it more sophisticated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, stakeholders are interesting. That's always, uh, there's always people. I can see that would be really challenging, but I think you're, you're right. Keeping focus and knowing what to, what to do and what not to do, which paths not to go down is um, critical in any startup that's growing. And we've certainly seen startups that have suddenly got ideas of, you know, especially we see it, especially because they come and start talking to us and then get super creative with what they could do with their software. And before we know it, they're, they're asking for something that just, it's, it's going to take forever to build and, yeah, yeah. But if, I, if I think back to, so I had a little startup company in between working at SVA. So I haven't worked at SVA the whole, my whole last 10 years. I've only worked there the last two years. Uh, and okay. my commitment went back to it, left the company I was working for to go back and build up SVA. So previous to that, I was working largely in a healthcare um, tech company that, and that mm -hmm. company acquired our, um, Tyler, my husband and I's uh, um, uh startup social enterprise it was called we visit it was an elderly visiting service mm -hmm. slightly weird for two young guys to start an elderly visiting service um but it, but it, we largely worked for guilty children who worked overseas lived overseas and they would pay us and we'd pay someone a student to go and look after nana for a couple of hours okay and, and, and chat and hang out and actually it worked really well and it was a cool, it was a cool, okay. cool project and i say guilty children tongue-in-cheek i mean it's yeah. people who could come back it actually probably worked better now given COVID. i should do it again yeah anyway though the business model didn't really work it was never it would it was more charitable than business and mm -hmm. um, when people come and t tell me oh i want to do this good thing for the community i'm just like well, how are you going to make any money from it and how are you going to how is it going to sustain itself there is not enough money in the community sector in New Zealand for the number of charities that there are. So you've got to be really disciplined about it and have a much more social and entrepreneurial model behind it, I think. And that, you know, I've got to tell myself that and work hard on selling our product to when I, when I, when it's, it's and it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are the critical elements of, of doing this startup then of making this, I mean, you've just touched on, on one or one there, which is, you know, <laughs> funding. <laughs> um, what, what else has been critical in, in growing SVA? So um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in uh, a concept around criti critical friends. So a critical friend for me is someone who gives you friendly, robust advice. Um, mm -hmm. One of the most interesting roles that I've, got, I've had for a few years is being a critical friend of Westpac Bank. Um, so I'm on Westpac's sustainability panel, uh, set up by David McLean, the chief executive, who's actually just leaving. Uh, and there's this group of us, the six of us, and we get to basically lob really difficult, big questions to the exec team and the board of Westpac and push them on what more they should be doing on particular topics. Um, so I believe that we all need our critical friends and mm. we, need, we need a couple, not too many. Um, mm. And those people will drive you in an interesting direction. Um, so I really love the concept, and it, David from Westpac coined it around critical friends. And I, I just think it's a that's a critical one because um, I, I find getting You're surrounded good at, by yes people, then then you know no one's ever going to give you that reality check that you know that that, that you really need. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
I'm sorry, Tracy, Tracy has just made a comment here. She said you should totally start up the We Visit again on a volunteer basis. There are plenty of people that have a couple of hours available each week to visit elderly who don't have family. I've now contacted Age Concern three times about this and no response. Yeah, well, Age Concern have their recruiters and visitor service, but they have more volunteers than people needing the service. And <laughs> but, um, we'd love... Uh, Sign up with us, uh, um, uh, Tracy. You don't have to be a be a student. Um, just when you when you when you sign up, uh, um, just uh, put a random four digit number in the in the student box if it doesn't let you. It should let you pass anyway. Um, and then just join SVA General as your institution instead of a school or university, uh, or just join the Canterbury University one if you're in Christchurch or Auckland one if you're in Auckland. We're not we're not too precious about it, and if you're a student or not. Um, but there's an interesting project coming up around supporting. Uh, older people while they get their vaccine. Um, so we're quite excited about that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we know after you've had the vaccine, of any vaccine, you've got to sit and be what, like, not go anywhere for 20 minutes. Um, when they're delivering the vaccines in rest homes, uh, if the person's in their room, the vaccine people need to move on to the next room. And so our volunteers are helping just um, chat to the older person while they well, they're there and some admin jobs. Right, nice. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, I know that SBA is a charitable organisation, but it, it is still a startup. I mean, it still requires all of the same qualities um, and attributes. Like, what what do you think is the most critical ingredient when you're when you're starting something, a new organisation from scratch? Like, what what's what's the most important thing? Uh, I'd, pro I'd probably go to team uh, and um, business model team, someone who thinks differently from you. Uh, and I always like to think back uh, to Ernesto Sorolu, who visited um, Christchurch after the earthquakes and was a TEDx speaker. He said, you've got to have someone with the idea, someone who has the, uh, someone with an idea in the product, someone who can manage the money and someone who can sell. And no two people can do all three of those things. Mm. Or no one person can do all three. So you need someone who can, with the idea and the product, someone who can sell and someone who can do the money in the business model. And you might find two people who can cover three bases, but you'll never find one person to cover all three. Yeah. And I think uh, that that's true in SVA. Uh, it's true in, um, uh, it was true in We Visit in our company. It was true in the company it merged with. Um, so uh, I'm a big believer in that. And then- Which of those three do you cover, do you think? Product and sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the money. And uh, not the money, but I've probably got a lot more. I've got a lot more focused on the money as time has gone on. Um, yeah. And if anything, I'm more focused on the sales and the and the money now, just because that's what I that's what my job requires of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's your role within SVA now. Like it's really you know the evangelist, primarily. Um, I mean, evangelist. A little bit evangelist, uh, a little bit fundraiser. Uh, we have quite a dispersed team. We've got um, a really talented team who, who who work on different parts, pretty pretty remotely actually. And uh, um, Penny, our operations manager, runs a lot of the day to day things. Um, so yeah, so I, my, my technical job's chief executive. Um, I think it's more glorified administrator. We focus <laughs> on the health and safety, on the technology, and the fundraising, and keeping keeping the thing growing and building. Um, we have about 64,000 kids now and students involved each year across SVA uh, at primary school, secondary school and tertiary. 
Um, and we just got a really proud. Uh, it does. It more makes me nervous. How do we keep it up? Um, <laughs> right. I think, but it, do, it does. It is. It does make me proud. Um, Yesterday, the Premier of Tasmania announced in his uh, in his speech for Australian Volunteer Week that uh, they would like to start a vo youth volunteer army based on student volunteer army. Right. So that was news to me, uh, but we have sent them a big proposal, so that was quite exciting. Um, so it is kind of growing. We just sort of focus on that model. Yes, that's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. It's great. And I think there's, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity in that space, and now we've just got to make sure we're delivering on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, my, my view on it, execution is everything. And I think- So that, that kind of does lend into that, that question of what, what is the growth strategy for SVA broadly? Uh, yeah, World dominance? Uh, World domination? No, no, not particularly. I'm not, I'm not, uh, um, yeah, probably if you'd asked me five, two, three years ago, I would have said yes, but now I'm more relaxed. Um, <laughs> Uh, growing up since then <laughs> uh, yeah well I um, had a really bad head injury so it changed changed my life a bit um, which I can talk about later uh, but I think just more more focused on growth strategy is around polytechs uh, growing our school program and increasing the number of people who use the SVA app um, and developing it so tell, tell it, do, you, do, do you mind talking about your, your head injury like what no, sure. Um, I took a hedge trimmer into the forehead, uh, hit me there and there uh, exactly two years ago, April 13th, um, and caused me a blinding concussion. Uh, I was totally incapacitated for six months and had a concussion uh, ever since uh, that I still, um, uh, it was a hedge trimmer, James, to your question. Uh, it was an extension pole pruner. Um, and were you operating it or was it someone else? Yeah, I was operating it. Yeah. Okay. And now my now my mission, my it wasn't a failed assassination mind. attempt or anything. <laughs> just, just get a man in, get 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 uh, get it, get someone in, get a woman in, just get someone in to do the trees at home. Don't do it yourself. It's life is too short. Okay. This must be about the fourth tip today. <laughs> and I'm gonna write it my, my my book one day. I'm gonna write a book one day. I probably never will, but if I do, it's gonna be called Don't Hit Yourself on the Head with a Hedge Trimmer. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, James is saying, uh, Sam's tip, avoid manual labour at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, James, it's, it's a key ingredient of Student Volunteer Army and the leadership <laughs> is don't do the volunteering yourself. Yes. You, <laughs> you have to, we tell our club leaders, you have to create the volunteer projects and then help mm. other people to do them with right. you. But if you do it all yourself, um, you, 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 it, ne it never grows and no. you don't people the opportunity um so, that's, uh, that's, and that, that applies to so many different things like we in our own team here um you know you, you see the guys sort of you know chomping at the bit they know it's faster to do it themselves but it takes yeah. longer to show someone else but you know I keep trying to say you know the more you show someone else the stronger our team becomes you know if you if you keep all that knowledge to yourself then then our team will always be weaker yeah no, so no, and if, if you, how, did, how did the head injury kind of change your, you know, your approach to what well, you're doing? I, I, I physically couldn't do just about anything. I could do about, I couldn't use my phone because I couldn't see it. Uh, that's why I've got the glasses now. Uh, I couldn't use my computer. Um, and I literally would wake up in the morning, I'd have a shower, and then I'd have to go and lie down again for an hour. And then mm -hmm. I'd do something, and then I'd have to lie down uh, for an hour. Um, 
I had a year of going to bed at 8, 8.15 at night time and waking up at um, 7 in the morning. I just slept a lot. I mean, it's very unwell. It was a very, it was a pretty horrific head injury. Uh, and it took a long, to, long time to recover. But two, three days before the head injury, we'd just, I'd just taken on three more staff and a government contract running a new program at work. Um, and the wheels did fall off. I mean, we were not uh, resilient. And we, would, we were barely a resilient enough organisation to survive. Are you talking about SVA or is this pre-SVA? No, this is SVA. This is yeah. um, the foundation. We were focused on this return to work program. Um, and it was it was rough. I, I mean, I, my, my, some of my team at the time sent me home. They said, you just, you cannot, you are so unwell. Mm. Um, and, Sam, um, and, and, and I grew up on a farm too, and it sort of seems to be part of New Zealand culture, but especially in that agricultural sector, that you can do everything yourself, you know? You can build your own fences, drive your own trucks. You can do everything yourself, mm. um, and 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 yet to make anything, any business of any scale, you've got to step back from that and and make those things happen. Is is that been a challenge for you to to get your head around that? Or I mean, I think if the head injuries helped me do that because I simply had to. I mean, it's just oh, right. So you so you kind of a recommend a head injury, perhaps. <laughs> recommend just not um just not trying to do everything yeah just, it's totally too, it's too easy to do it and we all do yeah. it we go, oh no i'll do that i'll do that and uh um mm. you know you just we physically can't I and mean, you, you i like to think of it I, there's two sayings i like one is be criminally viciously selfish with your time so only work mm. on things two mm. is you have your three things you're going to achieve each day and did you did you do them um and it's the mm. one, one that I forgot, and that's also joy of head injury. Just forget. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Just have three three things that you want to achieve in a day. Yep. Yeah, focus right. on what do you, what what are your three things you're going to do today? Three things that actually move the dial. Mm. And I think if we if I think back to COVID last year, and we were a team of three, I was like, oh, Christ! What? what sorry, blasphemy. Um, what are we going to do around the COVID? we're a disaster response kind of organization. We need to do something. I looked on the government website about what we're allowed to do. And so you were, you were allowed to be a food delivery service. So right. we quickly updated our website to become a food delivery service. <laughs> and then we, uh, I asked Countdown, can we do a food delivery service with you? They said no. And then I just hassled Foodstuff South Island who had no delivery capacity whatsoever. And they said, sure, sure, just don't annoy us too much, basically. Um, and they were a great partner. They sent us their shopping list. We built a little uh, shopping service. We partnered with a whole lot of really clever people through an Instagram group. Um, and we scaled from having three people in our team to having uh, 96 people. Uh, we recruited 3,000 volunteers and delivered groceries out of 55 New Worlds um, around the country to about 2,500 people. Um, and, and the best yeah. advice that was from an incredible New Zealand startup guru, Sam um, Hulse, who said he, every morning, I did a call with him at 7 a.m. in the morning and 7 at night, um, and it was, he just said, what are your three, what are the three, what are your prios, the three things? You need to do your three big things each day. And so in my job at that time, it was, okay, let's get the North Island on board, or let's get the whole of New World on board, like three big, chunky, meaty things that actually matter, so you don't just get lost in the minutiae of... Uh, Mm. filling the days yes. so was he uh, acting as a coach for you or something yeah yeah Sam was um, so he, he came out of a company called Adiend in the States uh, mm -hmm. um, which is a 20 billion dollar payments company and we used Adiend um, in, in, as our payments service 
uh, and Stan basically came in, essentially was co-CEO with me for that time and coached me a lot in, in our team and helped um, develop our is shopping. He's in New Zealand service. or is he um, American? He's a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi guy who lives in, lives in Auckland. And, um, but just just having super smart people help like that was, you know, just was, was exceptional. Um, yeah. Uh, to, 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 to push actually and it was about execution he was an executor just get it done um, and you know why is it taking so long let's just do it yeah huh. yeah. yeah just um, just so pivotal having people on your team like that isn't it and, and that focus around accepting the help and I think we are we're all a bit nervous of this and um, it's easy it is, it is a vulnerable thing to accept help Exactly. You feel like it's not not just about um, whether you um, don't want to ask for help or whatever, but it's also that whole thing of feeling like you might be judged by the person that comes to help you. You know, you, you go to someone who is a or whatever and, you know, and perhaps, you know, you don't you, you, you're scared of kind of showing your wares, you know, because it might might not come up to come up to scratch. Hmm. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about growth. Um, so biggest challenges, money, funding, sales. Oh, sorry, Juliet, cut out a second. Say it again. So the biggest challenges for, for SVA and yourself within SVA at the moment around funding and, and how you... I think our biggest challenge is making sure, we, so we've just built this new app with the team at Custom D. Uh, we've just rolled it out to the 230 schools, six universities. Hopefully we'll have 10 universities and polytechs next year. Um, our biggest challenge is making sure people are using it and that it is actually responsive to what they need. So are the students using the functionality how we expected it to be used? Are they clicking on the right things um, that we wanted them to click on and and, and what's that journey? And I think, are they you know, at the end of the year, are they downloading their summary of service? Mm -hmm. And are they using that to go and get a job? And that's the that secondary school, that's the big thing. And the university is now really interested in that too, and using that 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 functionality. Um, so it's a yeah, it's it's really amazing what what's been what's been created, and the I, I think it's just, just brilliant. Um, and it's just making sure we're we, we're going to be using it in the right way, and that it's useful for the students, um, and they understand it. So will you be doing surveys? Like, will you go out to the students that, you know, obviously you can um, analyze the data that you that you were um, gathering through the app, but, um, you know, will you actually go out and practically survey? Yeah, I think we're going to do a series of focus groups um, yes. on it and one of the, and include with students and teachers. And the teachers' feedback recently has been, we need uh, better marketing materials. So we've just got a video that's coming to actually promote uh, how, the, how, the, how it works in secondary school. Uh, then we'll... Um, grow it in, 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 in tertiary uh, and I mean our big focus is um, from some of our funders is uh, how we have more uh, young Maori and Pacifica um, young people on the program and so we've adjusting our marketing materials so so that um, there's more so young, uh, young Maori people particularly can see themselves in the program and that's some feedback we got same from some young Pacifica people um, uh, but well, yeah it's hugely popular with international students too so yeah um, that's probably the one of the, then the second challenge is around the um, just getting the right business model and, and then selling. Um, let's just let's just get it out there. So we've got great infrastructure. Let's get it into universities. Let's get it get it going. So, yeah. so so your strategy around where the tech goes from here is largely driven by those focus groups and feedback that you're getting. Um, 
not not just kind of adding features for the heck of it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's the so when when the students request yeah. things or, or they, they 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 say we do it. Uh, are you are you the sort of the product owner yourself? Do you do, do you are you the conduit for that? What do you uh, delegate that? Um, Penny does a lot of our work on it, and uh, um, uh, I, I talk talks with students and teachers quite a lot too. So right, so you're out there at the coalface getting hearing it, and yeah, yeah, I think it's important. I always ask students, yeah. have you heard of it? Have you used it? What, what do you think of it? Um, yeah, where it's, where it's and, going. It's great. Um, and uh, just gonna be careful what I say because I can see Snare there uh, listening. So uh, he'll hold <laughs> me to anything I say. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, it, it takes a discipline around where where you go with it. And I think that going, you know, building a sort of a an MVP, not 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 trying to build everything in one go, and then looking for feedback and looking for direction from the users and what they're actually using, what they actually need, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, there's often there's often um, a trap that um, startups fall into from from our experience, and that is feeling like they've only got one shot at this, and they have to have everything on day one because they're mm. never going to get another chance to put mm. their product in front of their target audience. But it, it's, it seems to be really that that is the you know it's very rare that that's the, actually the case. Mm. You know, mm. it's actually more important that you deliver whatever is there well. Um, yeah, sure. Obviously, there's a, a certain amount of features and functionality that have to be there, but it doesn't have to be everything, and you will get more attempts you know, yeah, right. to convert people. Hmm. Um, well, that's good advice. Thank you. <laughs> so, so working working on SVA that that makes you happy. Thank you. It does. It makes me happy. It's interesting. I mean, we're all just doing something to fill the days, aren't we? It's just a... <laughs> um, I, I like it. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's a fascinating kind of um, set of problems and there's mm. good days and bad days. Uh, I think so how do you get through the bad days? Like what, what happened, you know, tell us about that. Like how do you overcome those, you know, feelings of despair sometimes that pretty much everybody has? Uh, I, 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 for me, for me, it's um, it's exercise and eating properly. I just if I do not if I do not exercise regularly and eat properly, I'm just an absolute wreck. Um, yeah. So that 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 my two. I'm not I'm not a good I'm not a good version of myself. I remember when we started Ministry of Awesome in Christchurch years ago with um, a few others, Kyla and Sasha and. Um, uh, uh, Vicky, uh, Buck, we, we, used to, we used to have nicknames for ourselves. Of, uh, of, um, sh there was Sam and Shmam, and then Kyla and Schmiler and Vicky and Schmicky and Sasha and Schmusha. And, and it was that those names were for, for like the bad version of our personality, which we all have. Oh. Um, like I was a bad version of my personality today. I'm actually in Auckland for the day, and I was, I was, I was, I was biking into the office where I work from when I'm up here. Uh, and um, the uh, I, like I was a really angry, one of those angry cyclists. Like I bashed someone's car window for being in the wrong. <laughs> you did this today. I did that this morning. I was like really wound up. Um, it was a bad morning. Um, uh, and it just, you know, a bit of stress relief and maybe a little bit of head injury. I used to be quite passive and now I'm just, angry. anger's not a bad thing. I just like let it out. Um, yeah. Just like, because I nearly, I nearly got hit off my bike. So I was really upset and angry yeah. about it. Yeah. 
So, but good exercise. There's a correlation between head injuries and that kind of short fuse, isn't there? There's, there is actually a strong um, link there scientifically. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. de definitely notice mood, mood changes. If, if I'm tired or grumpy, head injuries definitely change that. It's, um, I can remember when I, when, a year after my head injury, I was walking across the road on the phone and somebody tooted at me and my, my instant reaction was, was like to yell at them. And I just thought, this is not me. I, I yelled at them and pulled the fingers. Um, and I was just like, what the hell? Like, it's a whole different person. This is the brain just fills up and you literally can't cope with anything else. Yeah. Uh, that sometimes yeah. have to, um, uh, yeah, I, if, I, if I don't meditate, I, I, for two years I meditated every day at three o'clock in the afternoon for a, up to an hour. And wow. if I didn't do it, I couldn't function uh, in the evenings. Do you still meditate? Yep. Yeah. Use the Headspace app. I only do the fifteen-minute one, but it's. Uh, yes, I've just been. I've just started using that actually. Yeah. yeah, they're good, aren't they? I like it. It's really cool. Um, at what At what part of the day do you do it, Sam? Uh, normally three o'clock. Right, mid mid afternoon. Yeah. Huh. Is that when you sort of batteries run low the most? Yeah, just uh, if I've been on my screen all day. Yeah, I'm much better now than I was. Like I was pretty. Uh, I got better. From the head injury last year right right before COVID, and then just slammed myself through the COVID lockdown and then got really sick again and then uh got better again by february this year right yeah so so what now like what 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 comes like i mean obviously you've still got a lot that you want to achieve with sba but what what do you see in terms of your life after sba or is there no life after sba sba for life I hope this life after SVA. Uh, I, I think. I never, I never really call myself the founder of SVA anymore because I like the saying that once something's been found, it is found. Like it is there. SVA is a thing. It doesn't need a founder. Um, sure, that's a useful title occasionally, uh, but I, I'm kind of more doing it, doing a, doing a role now, doing a job. Like I am the chief executive employed as that job. So we're trying to move it into that space. So yeah, I will, I will eventually move on uh, sometime. Uh, might be soon. Might be, might be years away. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I do have a few board positions and governance positions. And I really enjoy those, and yeah, we'll see, see where, see where it goes. So you don't sort of like if, if I said ten years from now, you'll be, you don't have ideas of what you'll be doing. It's just where the wind takes you. Uh, like a little bit more strategic than that, but um, we'll we'll see where it, where it goes. So, yeah. um, I've, I've na na narrowly avoided politics for now. So, yes. probably going to stay that way. Good move. <laughs> you think that will be in your future? I, I don't know. I don't think so at this stage. I'm quite happy. Uh, yeah, you know, good. <laughs> I'd, quite like another, I'd quite like to do a company, another company. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. I've done. SVA is kind of my my uh, my do goody thing, and I'm interested in what else we can do. Yeah, uh, in, yeah, using my. You have, to have a, you have to have a pretty thick skin to get into politics. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Everybody's your critic. You know, every everyone's your critic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of I get really annoyed though about about um the way that we we're paying people to do everything and the, the whole community volunteer sector is just completely lost in New Zealand at the moment and I think in you fast forward 20 years it's a dangerous trajectory that we're on so I'm quite thoughtful about that at the moment um, I don't think politics is the right vehicle to change that but it is just something that I think about a lot um, yeah. back to the Plunkett example or uh, so what do you think fundamentally needs to change like what what could we be doing differently well, the, de the default can't be paying people to do something 
So yeah, we need to plant a whole lot of trees for carbon and climate change at the moment. So the default is how do we mobilize the largest number of people to go and do that, not let's pay people to go and plant trees all the time. Um, I just I just philosophically struggle with that. Sure, you've got to pay some people to do it, but actually a lot of us would be happy, a lot of us would be happy to do something occasionally, but we're really bad at organizing people to do that. So it's many to many models, not 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 one to one or not not few to few. Hmm. So like we're all all of us, we're all happy to do things occasionally. Um, but the systems that organize people to do things occasionally are, are really poor. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm interested in. Um, we've got a question here from Karan Sethi. Hope I pronounced that name right. Um, Sam, how do you partner with organizations who might need volunteers? Do you have a criteria for the organization community um, who you will help? Um, thanks. Yeah, uh, we, we, uh, we actually don't have a criteria right now. So it's a bit of a lottery, um, which is a critique of our own system. So sure, if you have some projects, just fire them over and we'll have a look. Um, it's, often, it's often about what a volunteer wants to do. So we've got to make the project interesting. Mm. And it's got to be at a good time. Like students don't volunteer over exams. Yeah. Um. They always try and get people to do a project in exam time. We say they won't turn up. We will put it out, but they, you'll get no one. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, no, no, no earthquakes or uh, floods or anything at, at exam time. Thanks. <laughs> uh, basically, unless it's big enough to motivate them to do that instead of their exam. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that was that was the September earthquake. Um, mm. That was my own personal. I had a, I had an essay due. I didn't want to write it, so we did a volunteering project instead. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, sort of at the end of our time now, but um, yeah, it's been a really, really interesting conversation. Um, and for someone uh, who's really had such great experience and, and lots of good advice in there for us all. Um, so thank you for, thank you for what you do actually. Thank you for, you know, making volunteering such a great passion in your life. It's, um, you know, we're all better off for it, I think. Cool. Thanks, Julie, and thanks, Craig. Uh, well, and as we, I love I love working with you guys. I think the custom D team are great. It's been awesome working with uh, uh, with Snare and Tim and Sam and Dave and others. Uh, you know, now I'm seeing that and Cindy uh, and, and you know, the other team. Oh, you uh, just made, you will have just made Cindy's day. <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. So good projects with good people is my filter in uh, in, in 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 life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Sam. The next time I'll see you, Sam, will be well. Both Craig and I will see you next Friday for the NZ High Tech Awards. NZ High Tech Awards, of which we are collective uh, finalists for Tech yes. for Good. Yes. Uh, yeah. so, uh, very exciting. Yeah. I actually I saw the uh, I saw our competition the other day at a, at, a, at a function, not the government one, but the other guys, the uh, um, Maria English and the Impact people. I said that I just hope you or I win, not the government's tracer app. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well thanks sam and i'll see you next friday you guys thanks, thanks you. Yeah. thanks for listening to this episode of startup stories if you enjoyed it then you should probably subscribe and you can even check out some of the other inspiring stories of everyday people who are driven by passion and belief to see their dream become reality or if you're in need of a little or not so little technical help, then head on over to customd.com and get in touch. <laughs>